No, I can hear myself okay. Yeah, I can hear you really well. Can you talk again? Scott, can you speak again? Yes, yep. Yep. How's that sound? No, you sound okay. Okay. All right. Just okay? Well, listen, I don't like buttering people up before we start interviewing now. I like to set a precedent. (laughs) I needed that. I really needed that. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, this time? Yes. (laughs) And, uh... Uh, yeah, are, are we going now or do you or need a, is... another signal? You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast with your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Yeah, my name is uh, Scott Nyhill. I'm a uh, creative of various sorts. Uh, I have a company called uh, Embrate. Uh, we create. Um, uh, animations and uh, games. Uh, right now, we're focusing a lot on web series. Okay, and you are the the first person that a listener has recommended we interview. And it was one of the the most interesting things was, you know, I got a text out of the blue saying, "Hey, you should talk to my friend Scott. He's got this company, Embryate." And I went and looked, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, that'd be baller. We could talk to Scott." And then. Thanks to some miscommunication and some issues with emergencies last week, we had to cancel the recording. But you and I still went out and had a, a few um, uh, beverages together. I don't think we can repeat that conversation. No, that's not. That's it, unre- that was gold. It was an unrepeatable conversation, but it did it did help to set the tone for today's conversation. I'm really I'm I'm very bummed out that Stefan isn't here because. I feel like he would really enjoy this conversation. So hopefully we'll we'll probably just do a follow up uh, with 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 him when when he's more available. But there's a few things I want to talk about, and 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 one uh, one would be this comic you just handed me, which we'll we'll talk about that at some point. Sure. But also you have done web series, you've done animation work, you've done like interactive work, you've done installation work. And one of the things that you 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 mentioned to me was that the company you run, Embryate, is now sort of splitting its focus from just one name into two different companies, so you can focus better on the two aspects of what you do. Yeah. So uh, uh, Embryate, it's been around for maybe five years or so. Over that course of time, uh, you know, we, as I think probably a lot of entrepreneurs might relate to, but you sort of, you have this idea of what you're going to do, but then you do one project for somebody and then somebody likes that and you just kind of go off onto this tangent a Mm -hmm. little bit. So Mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of corporate work, um, a lot of interactive installations, uh, that kind of thing. And that was a little bit different than what we had set out to do because with uh, when my partner Allison and I started the business, we were uh, sort of more thinking of it as a creative studio doing original IP type projects, original storytelling projects. Right. Um, and so with the corporate work, which was great, it paid the bills and allowed us to, you know, do some of the, you know, uh, finance some of the, the, the original IP projects, stories that we wanted to tell. But, uh, you know, if you looked at our website, it was starting to look a little bit muddled. You know, right. it's hard to explain to people uh, what it was that we did because mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. sort of this mix of really... Uh, you know, sometimes maybe experimental, weird art projects, and then this corporate, you know, type work. So right. it didn't really make a lot of, wasn't a very good se- story for anybody. And does it have, it, did it start to become more difficult when you were, you know, sitting down with a new client, a p- potential new client, and, and them saying, so, I don't know, I looked at your site, and 
you know, we, we, we've had this idea, but I, I, are you the right people? Like, does it, is it hard to have that conversation? Well, no, yeah, that it's, yeah, I wish we could have gotten that kind of feedback, but I think, <laughs> I, I think oftentimes you don't, you, you just know? don't get the call at all. No, that's right. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's probably looking at it or maybe there was somebody that we were talking to that was, uh, um, that was an existing client, a referral, that kind of thing. And maybe they looked at our portfolio and sort of said, eh, you know, they're, I don't know if their tone is, is quite right for us. Right. Right. Um, but we also, we were applying for grants for some of the creative work we were doing and we actually got that specific feedback after, um, after we weren't successful with a grant, which said, you know, the jury looked at your work and it didn't, they, they couldn't quite make that connection to what you're what asking. You're for. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that was actually, I have to say more than anything, you know, I guess maybe the passion project sort of thing that sort of made me think, okay, we have to, we have to kind of figure this out Yeah. because we want to do, we started this to create creative projects and the client service work is now actually literally stopping us from doing that. So yeah. I have to. But that, that's what affords you the ability to pursue the creative work. That's the hardest you know, the hardest disjoint is the fact that you need to do those things so you can Absolutely. afford your bills yeah. and have staff and whatnot. Um, and so what what have you named the, this new entity? So the new entity is Play Factory. Okay. Uh, play with an AI. Um, uh-huh. uh, in part because playfactory.com wasn't available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> AY. And actually playfactory.ca with an AY is a uh, event supplies company so they uh, supply like trampolines to like oh. kids parties and that kind of stuff okay so, yeah they're right now our kind of name competitor okay so do you point. feel that that you're going to get a lot of like side business and rentals potentially like, yeah we like, could do some collaborations <laughs> you know? Know? <laughs> we're going to get some we've been looking for trampolines oh i can get you trampolines and then you order them but then you do a markup that's how we I could would do, do that. that. Yeah. I would totally do that. Yeah. It's like there's nothing sketchy about that. I'm gonna take that idea. <laughs> you can do that. I, I wasn't gonna do it. There's no there's no thinking box, but with like two X's okay. <laughs> that sells like vending machines. So it's okay. Um, and so, so Play Factory AI. Will you be doing? This is a dumb question, but do you, are you, will you in, do any AI work? Do you think or? Yeah, I you know I think uh, one these days. Um, uh, you know, you see a lot of companies popping up and everyone's doing a little bit of AI, like everyone was doing a little bit of VR sure, a couple of years yeah. ago. And, um, but, uh, one of the things, one of the things within the corporate world that we've been doing a lot more of is training, like gamified training, like trying to make training fun. Right. Um, and so within that space, there's a lot of obvious applications for AI, even late, uh, light AI, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just to make it a little bit more personalized. Uh, so, uh, so when, you know, we, we had that list of 20 potential names and available URLs and all that kind of thing that you do, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, we're thinking, oh, are we actually going to do, and then we're like, yeah, yeah, this, this makes sense. This, right. this is almost aspirational a little bit for us. Right. When we, when, when we called this, this podcast, Can't Sell This, we, and decided that was what the name was going to be, the look for, the search for URLs was instant and I registered can't sell this.com, can't sell this.ca, can't sell this podcast.com, can't sell this podcast.ca. Cause I was like, I am not gonna let anybody like scoop us on our names. And like, I'm okay with re registering or you know what I mean? Like renewing my URLs because yeah. I didn't like the idea of somebody going like, well, I'm can't sell this.com. And guess what? I'm selling 
trampolines and whatnot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Although that's a weird name for uh, just un- unsellable things. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, I sold the old scabs. Like, well, does I, anyone have scab- I can sell this? Have you, have you <laughs> I can't sell this. There's probably a podcast that's called Can Sell This, and they're just upbeat and friendly that's and shit. More optimistic. <laughs> like, yeah. I like what you got going on there, boy. <laughs> I'm going on them next. <laughs> It'll be less fun. It'll be less fun, Scott, I tell you. Um, so as part of that, when um, when did you do the the comic book? So this comic book is that's sitting in front of me. It's called Bleed Back. Bleed Back, yeah. yeah. When was that? Uh, that was, you know, it's one of those things that I, it's almost scary for me to think about. Like, I want to say three years, but, but I not. think it's like six years. <laughs> you know? And I, I can't even say for sure. Um, that's, that's but, uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but it is like any kind of labor of love, you know, there's, there was a uh, lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. a little heartbreak, you know, mm-hmm. uh, involved along the way. And as, so I saw you were a co-creator and writer yeah. of, of the project yeah. and you, you went through two issues. Two issues, yeah. Um, do you have story to do more? Like, or was it just the, was it just the production work of it was just too much? Yeah, we 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 kind of had the whole sort of trajectory of where we wanted to go uh, laid out, um, and uh, we had a third script uh, written, um, and uh, there was life got in the way. That was right. the first sort of stumbling block. Had some like sort of family health issues, um, and then so that knocked the uh, you know it was all self driven. So that sort of knocked things out for two years, mm-hmm. and then in the meantime, other projects kind of crept in and also right. I think having a little bit of uh, perspective to be able to kind of look back at the project was just kind of lost a little bit of steam right and also it's not cheap you know to produce yeah. so all of that kind of weighed together and it just kept getting deferred and delayed and and then eventually just you know it was kind of weighing on me and eventually just had to say you know what I this is done I, I, you know, I think I think one of the hardest parts of, and, and I mean, <clears throat> the driving force behind the, this this project, the can't sell this podcast, is is that it's very difficult to stop doing the things that you're doing. It's very difficult to to say that's the end of this, and part of it is because in, in a lot of situations you feel very close to those things. So, you know, the creative process is not is not a, an easy process to go through and it's certainly not easy to go through something where you actually have produced something so like when you have two issues of a potential three issues the the interesting thing that you said was i had a newer perspective on having taken a break on the subject matter on the on the on the actual product where you're like i'm just not that person anymore you know that kind of perspective is a is a very um that's probably the most real thing that could come out of it is like look i'm just not that guy that yeah. wrote that. Yeah. Even even two years later, you know. Well, it is true. Like I think there is definitely something to say. Like I think a learning from even this project would be uh, just plow through. Or like I think I've learned now that if if a project stalled for a couple years, um, uh, you know, I think I, I'd be able to make that uh, uh, kill the project much easier now. I'd probably say, yeah. you know what, the momentum's gone. I'm a new person. I've grown past this project probably. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just begging to get made. Yeah. It's just put it aside, accept the, you know, accept the losses, you know, accept, accept the investment of time and money. And, you know, it's just is what it is and move on. But I mean, it, it's still a, it's a thing that you made. Like, I mean, it's, it's something that you can put up somewhere. You can hand to somebody and go like, look, hey, I made this comic book. That's, 
that's still a thing. Like, in my opinion, that's not a loss. Like, maybe there is some kind of loss in your mind of, like, well, just time and effort and, and some level of financial burden that came along with that. But once it's been done and a couple of years later, you're like, well, I'm no longer paying that off. Like, that's not a, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was thinking today about um, some of the projects that we've talked about over the course of this podcast. And, and one of the things that you had discussed with me last week was that you are now kind of, you, you do a lot of grant writing and you know your the way around how to apply for a grant for a creative project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've actually had someone uh, who is a grant. We've had a grant writer on. We've had our, our grant editor, really. And then um, we've had someone who reads grants and essentially, you know, uh, juries them. So or adjudicates, is that the right word? Sure, yeah. We'll just say yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, adjudicates. And I think that um, that that process is such a, a subjective process as opposed to, like, there are certain things you have to hit, and if you hit them, you get it. So you still, even though you write the grant, someone can turn around and go, you know, we just saw your website and we just don't get it. It's like, well, what does that have to do with the project? I've been, I guess, writing grants for, you know, close to somewhere between 15 and 20 years at Mm -hmm. this point. And I know when I first started out and I was really bad at it and I'd be embarrassed to look at some of those initial grant applications because, and I feel bad for whoever would have read those (laughs) <laughs> these applications, <laughs> just complete nonsense, you know. Yeah, it, they, they tell you what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, they give you sort of this, you know, write a project description, write this, you know. So it feels like you kind of know what they're looking for. But at the same time, there's that that whole other kind of reading the jury's mind and learning, right. you know, uh, eventually you start to learn what they're looking for because mm. the, the, the jury's, you know, the, the funds are attracting certain types of juries. And you can see by looking at who's b- received the funding, right. you know, what kind of projects they seem to like. And you can kind of start to cater to that a little bit. I, well, I mean, have you ever just looked at a, at a, at a grant and thought, we just have nothing that's going to fit that? Or you just kind of go, you know what, we can kind of shoehorn this well, idea you, into it? or Yeah, and well, and there's a few things because um, one – I feel like I'm in a good place within the whole grant writing thing where I can actually look at a grant and say, I'm not going to apply for this because it would be stupid for me to be a waste of my time. Right. Yeah. But I've, I've probably spent two or three years of my life where I I didn't have a sense of whether or not I could do that. And now having that wisdom is, is just saving me time, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so that, that's, that's good. Uh, but it's that, uh, one of the, I, I have, I've had sort of the opposite issue with grants, which is that. I, I've gotten to a point where I'm, you know, I, I sort of, I've gotten enough of them. You know, I know how to write, write the applications, you know, right. relative, relatively well. As long as the project fits it, I feel confident that within the mark, you know, it's, they're competitive, but that, you know, we have a decent chance of getting them. Um, but one of the problems uh, that has sort of come up is where I now know how to shape a project to fit the needs of the, the grant. Right. But... But what I actually sort of experienced was this feeling where I was actually, I was shaping my circle-shaped project into this square-shaped grant, you know. And that becomes dissatisfying, right? It was completely dissatisfying. Yeah. And and, and the amount that I would have to kind of transform it, it just just morphed into something that I didn't even recognize anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was also kind of, it was a challenge because I also wanted to create something and I I needed money, you know, or support to to do it. 
So it was, uh, but I did get to a point where I kind of got burnt out from it. And I said, I'm never going to write another grant of my life. And I'm just going to do Kickstarters because that's where you're just appealing to the, right. you know, yeah. to a community of people. And either they like it or they don't. And I can, and I like that. Do you, do you like, have you done Kickstarters before? That's what we, we funded the, um, uh, the Bleedback okay. uh, comic on that. All um, right. Uh, and we were successful and, uh. But yeah, but then with the, with the crowdfunding, it has its own set of issues that I, yeah. that I've discovered. So it's, they're, they're not, I wouldn't say it's, they're just two different ways of getting funding and both have their, are problematic. Well, one is, one is there's uh, like a community of feedback, right? Like there's, there's a bunch of people that have given you 20 bucks and expect 20 bucks worth of stuff. Even that, even if you said like, listen, that 20 bucks is two issues of my project it's not you don't get me you know but in their mind they're like 20 bucks is 20 bucks dude and you get 200 of those and it's well i don't know two grand really wasn't that much money i'm I'm surprised i need to worry four grand or whatever my math in this moment is not great all i can think is sometimes i'm like i I often think about the kickstarter i often can think about kickstarters in in that they feel like they could they could work they could you know and I I do know a number of people who have had Kickstarters actually two of my friends did independent comic books based off of having Kickstarters, um, but I always I always think along the lines of that community feedback aspect I don't like the idea of someone who's given me ten dollars then feeling they they have the right to me, mm-hmm. or my product or to have insight into my product or input into my product because of the fact that they gave me some minimal amount of money. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the grant aspect because of then they don't have any input. They just want to see the product. Do you know what I mean? Well, which is, which is amazing to have. Like if, if you hit that kind of perfect storm where there's a grant out there, what they're looking for is exactly what you have. Right. And you're going to get some money to help you do what you do. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, oh, and I'm not, so I, it sounds like I'm shitting all over Kickstarter, and it's, that's not it at all. And it's funny because, like, I have a number of friends, and my wife included, who use uh, Patreon. They're Patreon. Uh, they have patrons, right? And that monthly amount of money is fantastic for anybody that, that wants to create. And, and as long as you have the support, it works really great. But it is, at the end of the day, essentially a big personality contest. So, like, if someone's already a famous YouTuber, then they go onto Patreon. They go, like, support me here, too. Then they get money from YouTube and money from Patreon that they didn't necessarily have to have. But they got because they were already popular. So it's hard when you're just breaking into that world to well, build up. Yeah, and I, and I think I think you're more speaking just to the, the 99% of people out there. Yeah. Which is that, I mean, that is the challenge with, I've found with, with crowdfunding is that at the end of the day, you look at people who have been really successful and you wonder, oh, how were they, how did they do it, you know? And, but nine times out of 10, it's because they had an existing audience. Yeah, there was already an existing fan base, right? So, so then, then you have to ask yourself, well, how do I get the existing fan base? Mm-hmm. And you're just right back to square one again, which is that, well, you have to make the project. And then how do you make the project? You just have to do it. <laughs> it's you know? a very cyclical, circular it, thing. You know, we, <clears throat> we talk about, uh, I've talked a lot of, in the past about my networking event and it's had to be postponed. It's supposed to be next week, but it's been postponed. And I off, I have in the past <clears throat> two editions of the event, I've offered donation tickets, which has been like, I'll get 30 bucks. And which is not like, I always think like if, if the 80 people that RSVP to my event for next week, which is now postponed by a month, all gave me ten dollars. That'd be like eight hundred bucks. That'd be amazing. Eight hundred yeah. bucks. 
for a, an event I've been putting on for two years, you know, but it doesn't equal out, you know? So it's always like, it's such a strange, it's, well, events are also very weird because they they have an inherent cost that no one really understands. And once you're doing them, you're like, oh, it's just all time and effort versus like producing something. I'm on a, I'm on a tangent. Sorry. I'm like <laughs> totally on a tangent here. You know, it, it's interesting, but what we, what we had, I thought we had talked about was the idea of you assisting people in how to write grants, because that would be one that would be, that could be a thing that would allow you to make some money that you may not need. I don't, I don't know, but it would be an a, a assistive to people who don't know how to, like, I don't know how to write grants. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I you know what? It's, uh, um, 100%. Yeah. Like I, that's something uh, I was mentioning to you that we've, uh, out of Embrate, we've started up this program called maker boost and, uh, essentially what that is centered around. Like we provide production support and promotional support for projects, but I think really the thing that we've, uh, seen people get the most, um, are most interested in is the grant writing support. Like how to, mm -hmm. how do I fund my project? And, you know, I, I, from the, like the first when I was in art school, I was the least good artist. Right. So the really the uh, but I was always so impressed with all the people that were around me, and I and right. I wanted to kind of find a way for me to kind of kind of fit in with um, uh, art school, uh, and uh, so it was you know and I was you know I was kind of the jock within a art school kind of setting right. trying to fit in, and um, so for me the thing I could kind of do was to kind of you know, produce projects, bring a couple of people together and make something cool happen. You okay. Know? And, um, so I've been, I feel like I've been kind of doing that from square one and I always have my own ideas. Um, but I've found myself more often than not collaborating with other people. And then I often end up in that role where, you know, I'm the one who's, you know, better than others at sort of explaining the project. Okay. So that has become my role. And now, you know, 20 <laughs> years later, um, I'm sort of doing that for a living right? You know? and, uh, you know, <laughs> for better or for worse, you know, and, and I actually, I, you know, I, to a certain degree, um, there were times when I, I just kind of hated being in that position. I right. wanted to be more illustrating or being more creative, but I have, I sort of see within, you know, the project life cycle, I see my, the creative role that I'm playing and I enjoy the pro prospect of pitching something. Right. Um, and that's essentially what I'm doing. So yeah, hundred percent. And now, so, so yeah. maker boost is a, is that an actual part of the Embryate offering? Yep, so you just like, yep. Hey, listen, are you looking to apply for a grant? Why don't you yeah. go through the maker boost link on Embryate.com? Yep. 100%. And, yeah. Uh, see, this that's is how thing, I, yeah. this is how I develop my show notes for the, for the blog, by the way, as <laughs> <laughs> I ask specific questions about links and then I go, so that's going in the show notes. Maker boost at it one hundred percent. It's it's actually it's relatively we we've been I've been doing it for my entire career. But last year we were we I was thinking well I should formalize this. Yeah, I should actually make it a thing because I'm doing it with all of my friends and people within my inner circle. Right. Um, but I get a lot of satisfaction out of it. And, for sure. Um, you know, and it's an opportunity to you know work with cool and interesting people. So let's like let's make this a thing. Yeah. So you have like a whole section that's like embryo.com slash maker boost, and then you got like boosted makers, and it's like a list of yeah. people that you've helped. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about swearing, but I'm going to swear, and that's the way it goes. Does it does it get edited out? Or no, not at all. Okay. No, I, we all swear. So if that's you do, if you awesome. Okay, right? <laughs> good. I was like, shit. <laughs> 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 I used to. The, so what I would do is I would find whether or not. We were going to swear, and it, and it 
I would try really hard not to until I did. And then that was like the floodgates. But I'm pretty good at not swearing. It is one of those things that sort of slips out once in a while. But we could make it into a drinking game or. (coughs) Well, I mean, you know, once the drinking is happening, the game has is already. It's not a game that you have voluntarily entered. It's just going the second you take a drink, I think. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I just, I, I swear all the time. Um, so as far as Play Factory goes, are you going to be, this is a weird thing because mm-hmm. I don't know enough about you, but Allison is your, she's sort of the biz dev part of your business or? Yeah, so uh, uh, Allison is, uh, we started Embry together. Um, and uh, and so she's still, you know, a part of uh, 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 Embry. Um, uh, her background is more in film and television okay. and that sort of stuff. She's taken recently a bit of a hiatus to do more consulting, like corporate consulting. Okay. Um, so she's not, she's not really boots on the ground right now. Um, but that's kind of something that we've done over the course of the company is one of us will sort of can step back and exactly, the company will yeah. still go and yeah. you can come back when you're more yeah. and that's for, refreshed. Absolutely. And that's been, um, uh, and I don't really see that changing anytime you know, soon, just because we both want to kind of stay, we're really trying to stay focused on that original goal, which is doing more original IP stuff, but it's, but it's a grind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah. I think, you know, famously Stefan Sagmeister's uh, uh, designer or he's a creative, but he's like crazy famous, but he, um, he was really well known for taking a one year sabbatical every three or five years. He would just like out of the blue shut down his studio and then like, be gone for a, I believe it was one year and then open a studio back up and go, Hey, I'm back, you know? Um, and it was, it was interesting to hear him speak. Cause he's like, how can you, how can you remain energized and interested in your projects? If your projects are all you do. Yeah. And you that's know? part of the reason I like doing corporate work mm-hmm. because you know, I can only, I don't think I could do either one exclusively Yeah, because I'll do a, do a project for a client. And, uh, and I'll probably be at that point sort of feeling like, okay, it's nice to kind of be doing this. And then immediately after that, feel really re-energized to go back and, sure. you know, grind it out on doing something, you know, for no money, um, <laughs> but just because I think it's a good idea. Well, because other people can work on the client work, right? Like yeah. it's not necessarily you have to be exclusively no, on the client no. work. Yeah. What would you say in the past couple of years you've been most excited about producing? Uh, that's a good question. You know, um... It's been a lot of good projects, right. I would say, you know, and that they're all kind of on the same level. Right. And none of them, you know, none of them hit kind of all the, the, the checks. Right. But it's just been a series of good projects in a lot of different directions. Is this because um, they're all client projects and you don't want one client to feel excluded? Because you're like, well, there was this yeah. one. And honestly, garbage. <laughs> Not because of me, though. No. My work was impeccable. But the client was a jag <laughs> was <a> terrible. <laughs> But was it they're saying a, the they're saying the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, our work the work was awful. Our idea was great. That unicorn should have been real. All I know is that he gave us a one horn goat. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where pretty that much came, came from. That's a rude thing. But uh, but to answer your question, um, uh, so one project, uh, what if, which is a web series. Okay. Um, and I forget if we were talking about this before. No. No, but very it's very lucky. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a web series, YouTube, Facebook, 
Um, what if, uh, ask, uh, hypothetical questions. Like what if you threw all the garbage into a volcano Okay. and then answer that question, silly question, but then answer that with real science mm -hmm. in, uh, in under five minutes. Oh, wow. Um, and so, uh, that series has gone on to become the, uh, number one science and technology, uh, uh, web series on the planet right now. Wow. 17 million followers, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff. Wow. That's so cool. Which is insane. And so co-producer on that series, but you know, so you you might be thinking, okay, well, wait, why? What that isn't a grand slam? Like, why aren't you really excited about that one? That's because you just don't think anything's that cool. Maybe yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, the reason is because <laughs> the my co-producer credit came because I fought for it. That <laughs> and <laughs> that's a whole other story. No, but it came because I was working with friends to right. write an, an an application. Um, for them to sort of take this idea and, and have it become a thing. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those where I wrote this application. It was, we basically wrote it on a weekend, um, kind of a last minute thing. We got the money that was needed to produce the series. And uh, I was only moderately involved in the actual sort of creation oh, of it. Okay. So it's, um, so I can't really say that I, you know, I, sure, I helped to fund it. Sure. You know, and I can take credit for that. But in terms but of... But in production, not producing it. Yeah. Really. Like you're, I, just, you're just there. You just know it's there. I'm not going to take credit for the, for the audience that they that's were able to generate. That's very big of you. Well, you that's know. very good. Yeah. I think that's great. I think the people that actually go day-to-day -day work on that, on that series probably really appreciate your down-to-earth nature. Well, hopefully they'll have me back because <laughs> they're doing ask, really well. And ask you to <laughs> pitch for more stuff. Right. <laughs> so is it self-sustaining? Like, is it, does it sort of have ad revenue and things like that? Is yes. that how it... Yeah. So this, uh, this, it's not like this came out of nowhere for them. They had okay. a whole bunch of, they were doing this for uh, two or three years before that okay. and had a string of successes, but this one is the one that kind of really blew up for them. Uh, so that was that project. At the same time we were doing uh, with Play Factory, when we had just sort of started off, we did a, a couple projects with some banks like TD and BMO um, doing some educational based projects. And those kind of came within the first few weeks of uh, starting up the company. And okay. there'd been some legwork before that. It's not like they just kind of came out of nowhere, but it was just this kind of run of just, you know, good things happening within the the space that we were kind of operating in. Oh, cool. And it was, you know, it was, they were fun projects as far as corporate work go. And um, uh, obviously couldn't necessarily, you know, it was, I was sort of trying to realize someone else's vision for a need within an organization that I can't fathom, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I still find that, you know, satisfying solving that puzzle, but it is at the end of the day, you know, training right. bank tellers, you know, how to do their job better. <laughs> and there's only so much satisfaction I can take out of, out of figuring out that, uh, that I'm need. sure, you know, what just sounds like the best job ever. It sounds like BMO and TD just have to give you more work because you are so satisfied. That's that. right. Yeah. Because that's what, pays the bills yeah i you know i often say that my nine to five has never done very much for my five to nine but my five to nine has always generated better ideas for my nine to five and i yeah. i'm sure that that's very similar for you who who takes a very creative role um and what you're doing like you are you you've passed yourself off as kind of like a document writer, but I mean, there's got to be more to it than that because you can't just run a company being a document writer. Yeah. And I, um, I, I'd like to think so, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
Listen, I got nothing to say that's useful here. I'm just going <laughs> to... All your questions are garbage, Hugh. Um, no, so let's let's try this one more. Let's try this again, because I, I feel like, you know, do you have, like, a core group within um, Embryate and now Play Factor? Do you have a core group that has, when you've splintered off to become this other thing, do you still mine within both companies and say, does anybody have a cool idea that they really would like to see happen? Well, the yeah, and the 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 thing is, is that um, it is still the same company essentially. Like, right. if you went in, like the 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 office is the same, still the same group of people. Um, the splitting up of the company was more necessary in order to just help to tell the story for, for the visibility. That's right, right. Yeah, for the for the outside kind of folks. So for the creatives that aren't going to say that we sold our soul to the banks, and for the banks who are going to say that we're not they're crazy, all the same freaky people. And... Yeah, it's all the, we're all the same. Has, nothing has changed. As <laughs> we, both shell game our, played we there. both sold our soul, and we're a bunch of a bunch freaky of freaky, artists. you know, yeah. uh, creatives. Um, are you producing anything right now that you're kind of stoked about in terms of the Embryate uh, property? Yeah, so uh, from the so two things, um, uh, we're actually in the midst of applying for five grants right now um, for uh, three projects, um, oh, okay. and they're all due in April. So it's it's kind of uh, mayhem for me right now. Um, but uh, the two that we're we're producing, it's sort of independently within the company. One is um, uh, called used to be called Whittle. It's now called Are You Nuts. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, are you nuts? Is uh, it's a uh, uh, we're interviewing ten comedians uh, about their uh, experience with depression. Uh-huh. Um, so it's the dark. It's a it's a podcast slash web series um, exploring the darker side of comedy. Um, and so we've partnered up with uh, Cam H and um, uh, Yuck Yucks. Okay. Uh, Yuck Yucks is going to help us to sort of uh, source some of the comedians. So. Excited about that. We did a prototype. I think it went well. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're also partnering with some illustrators, friends, like people in the company and also just people we've worked with in the past uh-huh. to kind of help to kind of bring out their stories. So it's there's there's actually something to see because a lot of the stories are, we're not going to try to recreate it with, you know, like actors or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's got to be real. Um, have you considered... Um universities as well as a for that in particular that uh, idea because there's a lot of i mean i worked at ryerson and i was part of the phd and master's research uh Mm -hmm. spot uh and there were definitely phds there that were doing work that would that maybe weren't complementary to that but they would be chomping at the bit to try to find funding to be part of that project, you know, like that's one of those things where you're like, that is a, you know, based off of like being a true, a real fan of comedy and, you know, watching, you know, Robin Williams and and a, a variety of other uh, comedians struggle. Like it's a very, it would be a really heartfelt project. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's a great, um, uh, at this stage, we're looking for all the help we can get. So, uh, yeah. and, and any kind of, I, I would, uh, you know, after after this, uh, definitely I would. Uh, oh, I'll give you. I'll yeah, give you some love, names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hook us up. Yeah, we're. Um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, we've sort of focused more on the 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 health practitioner side, mm-hmm. and then the, the the kind of the comedy world side, just to kind of get the the foundation of the projects together. But I think the academic side of things would be amazing. The the, the interesting thing about academics are that they're 
I mean, their whole job is research. So they're very into, um, they would be very into the history of it as well as, you know, the various paradoxes that are humor and, 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 and depression. Um, but I think that that's definitely something that I would want to, I, yeah, I am definitely going to All connect right. you I, with. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow up cause we're, we're, we're starving. So <laughs> that's amazing. Well, don't, let's not say it like that. It's yeah. not, <laughs> we're not, you're not starving. You could, you could get past this. Um, well, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible. I really love the maker boost concept. I think that that's one of those things that, that people that, you know, there's that, the phrase is you don't know what you don't know. And I think that, you know, giving an opportunity to people that previously wouldn't have it is is one of the, the most gratifying experiences, you know, as, as someone who, you know, runs a networking event trying to find people work, like the gratifying experience is getting an email from someone saying, like, I found a job directly related to standing on stage. You know, I'm like, that's so great, you know. Well, I, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I find that the process of creating a project, you know, you don't get those feelings, if ever, you know, uh, you know, that sense of re reward, you mm -hmm. know, and, and maybe having created something that people can appreciate. Sometimes you don't know if they, they actually like that thing because you don't get that sense of feedback. Yeah. But, but doing something where you're working, you know, grant writing or doing like the, you know, the the networking events you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent why I do it because that, that's the thing in my creative life where I do get instantaneous kind of good feelings, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so, um, yeah, it's good. I think everyone, you know, we all, we all want to feel like we, we have something to, that's actually useful to people. You yeah, know? totally. I, you know, there, there's this, I think because we're in a, in a society right now where th there's a certain beat down of, of the downtrodden, there's like, just, if you need help, then you, then you shouldn't be around. You know what I mean? Like there's a very liberal versus conservative kind of, mm -hmm. uh, feeling, but I always like people that are trying to help others be uplifted. You know, the rising tide lifts all ships kind of concept, which I've said a billion times. I really just should get a t-shirt <laughs> or put it on a business card, but like, could you read this to yourself? So I don't have to say it like an a-hole. Um, but we're, we're, we're sort of, uh, we're, we're tying it up. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, do you have any kind of advice? It's funny because your advice would be like, why don't you just email me at maker boost, whatever. I mean, like, do you have any advice for anybody who's sort of floundering with a project where they, they really just don't know where to turn? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it would just generally be, uh, 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 go talk to somebody, anybody. Um, uh, but but it does, uh, uh, you know, that question could, the answer might, would really change depending on where they're at in the project mm -hmm. and, and what kind of help that they're looking for. Right. Um, but I find that for myself personally, nine times out of 10, if, you know, my problems usually come as a result of me either having talked to people and not listened to them or just not getting some outside perspectives and allowing that to shape what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so. Well, the evolution of an idea is, is also, is probably just as critical as the idea itself. I find that, you know, you, you may go like, oh my God, I've got the funniest thing in the world, or it's just, this is the most profound thing. But when you start to explain it to people, the, the longer it takes for you to explain an idea, the less good that idea feels sometimes. You know, it's why, you know, pitching, an idea to someone, you know, that whole like cocktail napkin phrasing of like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, uh, the vampire story I wrote was like an extraordinary, an, an ordinary man meets an extraordinary woman, you know, and like, it's just, whoa, what is, what's, what, how does that start? You know what I mean? 
Um, and it was, I can't remember who, uh, his name was John Rooney. He's a you know, consultant in the animation industry, but he was talking about like, you know, if you can't grab someone with the first couple of seconds with your idea, then maybe you need to retool it, or at least you need to retool how you say it. Thanks so much, Scott, for being on the podcast. Oh, this was amazing. Yeah, great <laughs> chatting. Yeah. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content in this episode is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Intro voice is Jeff Wright. Opening and closing track is Watch Him They Said from the 2018 album Hypocritic Oath by Not Of. All inquiries can be directed to admin at cancellthispodcast.com.